This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, AfterBuzz TV listeners. Want to share your opinions, give feedback, or tell us what you're thinking? Send us a voice message. Voice messages are an easy way for you to send us audio that might end up in a future episode of our After Show. They're the latest feature from Anchor, the platform we use to publish and distribute our podcasts to you for free. You could send us voice messages about all sorts of topics. Maybe questions you have for us, what you thought of the latest episode of this TV show, or even your best impression of one of the characters. We'll see all of your messages, and we might even add them into a future episode. Anchor makes this part super easy. You can send us a voice message right now from wherever you're listening. Just tap the link in the show notes. We cannot wait to hear from you. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Spotlight On. Today we're sitting down with Liam Cunningham of Nat Geo's The Hot Zone. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hi, Liam. How are you doing today? I'm doing remarkably well. A delight to be here. Welcome back to Spotlight On. I'm Carolina Benetti, sitting down with Liam Cunningham, and we're going to talk all things for National Geographic's The Hot Zone. So for those viewers tuning in who want to know more, how did you get involved with The Hot Zone, and what is it? Well, The Hot Zone is a reference to a um, a terrible place where a, a virulent... Um, uh, disease or virus is, and uh, and it's an extremely. It, in other words, it's hot. Uh, I, th- I think the phrase is also used in military terms as well, where, where something is incredibly dangerous. However, what we have is a true story uh, that happened in 1989 when the horrific disease of Ebola was released and unleashed ten miles from the White House in mm. Washington. The scary thing is, it may look like a a throwback to an earlier period of over 30 years ago. But the reality of the situation is that as we speak today in Central Africa, the second worst outbreak of Ebola is happening as we as we speak. That's insane. It's very, very scary. And uh, and the wonderful people at Nat Geo, and we all know from National Geographic that they have an, a, an extraordinary connection with the scientific world and the natural world. And it just seems like a perfect... Um, place to be doing a, a six-part drama. So when they contacted me, um, I was more than happy to do it. Also, I got instructions from my wife and my daughter <laughs> because the wonderful Juliana Margulies was involved. And as soon as I told them, they just looked at me and said, you're doing it. <laughs> they love that woman. And they're quite right. She's she's just an extraordinary woman. So they came on set to visit Juliana, right? No, no, I didn't come to set at all because I, I filmed for three months with Juliana in uh, in Toronto. Okay. So they, they, I live in Dublin, in, in Ireland, so they didn't get a chance to come over and say hello. But that doesn't matter. They were just telling me it, it didn't matter that they were getting a chance to meet her or not. They just wanted me to be working with her. That was awesome, and you loved working with her. She's a she's a she's a fantastic woman. She's you're not you're not that long in this business, and you know her success rate is extraordinary from ER to obviously the Good Wife and all, and all those sort of things. Um, you don't stay and become and stay as successful as as Juliana is unless unless you got stuff to back it up. Yeah. And she does. She's she's a joy to work with. 
And now, besides uh, working and being in Canada for it, how did the project initially come about for you? Um, well, I suppose it was through the normal channels, through my, you know, my agent, and uh, when I was uh, sent the sent the script and this. Um, it's just a really interesting character. Did uh, you have to audition, or did they request you? Uh, they re- they requested me. Yeah, yeah. They Congratulations. D- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been a long time in this game. It's it's uh, normally you have to work like a dog to get a part, but it was very nice to be to be um, um, requested to be involved in the show. No, but you know when I was watching it because usually you know they're really kind and they send me the series. I usually mm-hmm. watch the pilot episode and then do the interview. I binged the whole thing. Wow. The, oh, like, that's, we can't ask for a higher compliment than that. The germaphobe in me was like, what Oh, I know. What happens next? Are they going to are they going to yeah. touch people? Is yeah. it going to touch things? I was I was hooked. It's kind of weird when we were wearing those you saw those horrible hazmat suits yeah. we were wearing and when you take them off and Excuse me, and when you're sweating and uh, all sorts, that you do actually, you're really careful with your hands and with your. It, it's it's a scary thing. It's a weird head headspace to enter into. Oh man, did you feel claustrophobic in it? Man, you have no idea. And <laughs> and I was lucky. There was only there's kind of three levels of suits. Uh, I got to wear the first two, the white one at the beginning. I think the first time you see us, these white, mm-hmm. they're kind of forensic like uh, yeah, yeah. suits. When we put those on, I thought that would be the easy one. And that was like... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ten minutes we were dripping in, in, in sweat, both, both myself and Juliana. I went under those orange suits, but she and a couple of others had to wear these horrific blue, like, you know, that nothing gets in. Uh, but I think they weighed something like 60 pounds and they were, yeah, they were like horrific, absolutely Wait, horrific. Wait, how heavy were your suits that you were wearing? Nowhere near that. But it was very difficult because we, we there, there's fans on them and we needed fans that obviously stopped them getting condensation and uh, the suits had to be blown up. They have to be negative pressure to make sure nothing gets in. So and then you had to act on top of that, news props and gloved up and taped. It's it 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 wasn't uh, it wasn't a pleasant way to to, to to shoot for a day. But listen, the real the real folks, the real heroes of these kind of stories are the people who um, who have to wear this in kind of one hundred and ten degree heat in 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 the yeah. Congo and places like that. I mean, we we. We weren't going to get injured if if those uh, if those suits breached, but these people are to life and death with them. Absolutely, and this is also based on a book. Yeah, Richard Preston's book. Yeah, called The Hot Zone, which uh, yeah came out around that time and caused a, a lot of ripples. But uh, his book is even more important now. now Did you read it before going into the series? No, I tend to I tend to avoid reading them because because. Um, I don't want the ideas of the author getting into my head when mm. when uh, the script is my bible. Yeah. I get I get in, into enough trouble from George or or Martin for not reading his books. <laughs> uh so uh, yeah, I try and avoid them because uh they're not 
necessarily necessarily required for what I've been asked to do. Sure. Uh, I don't see it as an escape or anything. I just I need to concentrate on the bits between page one and the last page of the script. Absolutely. Without being distracted by what's in the books. Well, also the show deviates a lot, and most yeah. almost always ninety nine percent of the time on TV and film, it deviates from the book, so it does kind of take away from yeah. the main story. They're two different animals, basically. Makes sense. Yeah. My biggest question was, did you have to go back and ADR all the scenes where you're in the costume? How did they get sound in there? Uh, it, it was pretty it, tricky. There was some, some to you do. You mentioned the fan, and I yes. was like, wait, how did that work for sound? Um, it wasn't pleasant for the sound people. I think they they were despairing occasionally. But um, I t- we tended to take the volume up. But the difficulty was hearing your fellow actors listen for your cues, because they were trying to overcome the sound that they had. And then we had to... Uh, Could you guys not hear each other? Occasionally, it was very mm-hmm. tricky. Yeah, yeah. Not the most pleasant way to, to do your day's work of Man, acting. that's a good insider tip, though. You couldn't even hear... Talk about, like, <laughs> Speak really, up, yeah. yeah. That's the insider tip. Also, really... <laughs> speak up. But I was, think, I was thinking, like, body language, like, really knowing what the cues are and where to pick up on yeah. what's going on because of the physicality. Yes, absolutely. That's that's where, where rehearsal is essential. So you get... At least you get some sort of... Uh, form of the dance of a scene, you know. So. And now, important. did you have to stack any of the episodes, or how was filming? Did you get to do chronological in this case? Uh, no, not not all the time. We kind of we broke them up into. Uh, uh, th- there was some obvious unchronological stuff when uh, when I, we had to go to South Africa as well. So we filmed for most of the month of December. And that's the flashback sequences which come in and out of more or less each episode. So they obviously had to be done together and then fed back into chronologically into the uh, into the show. I will say for people that tune in and they watch the pilot that your opening scene, because you're not in the pilot a terrible amount, Correct. but you're in the rest of the show tremendously. Yeah. But it struck me as old man in the sea <laughs> there's a bit of there's a bit of the Hemingway feel of it I suppose yeah it hit me hard with all the Hemingway vibes yeah there was a, it was a beautiful beautiful location we were on one of the one of the gorgeous lakes outside uh, near Hamilton or near Toronto anyway and it was oh god I would have loved that house we were we were uh, filming at it was just just so gorgeous on the lake and this little jetty it was very difficult to drag me away from that uh, set at the end of the days Maybe you should look into buying it. It could be like your retirement home one you day. You can't buy it. It's a weird thing. They're all family owned and, and they're oh. not allowed to build on it. And it's been in families for generations. The whole series of houses. It's a protected area. It's really, it's really lovely. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool that you guys got to film there. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. So I was going to ask next what your favorite location was to film, but it sounds like it was this house. No. My no. favorite <laughs> location is, is uh, was South Africa. We were two hours on the East Coast because I've, I've filmed a lot of... Many times in Cape Town, which is kind of the south uh, west coast, but this was on the east coast, about two hours north of Durban. Uh, we obviously needed some thing that looked like um, the, the rainforest, in, you know, Congo. Uh, and because of the facilities and the wonderful crews that they have in South Africa, we had to shoot there. Um, so, two hours, which is close to Swaziland and Mozambique, uh, we had these incredible locations. Uh, not not horrifically far from our hotel, uh, which was great, um, and we we filmed in this with these locals uh, and also people that we we we'd got some very serious people uh, from the Congo, and you remember the the, the healer, the faith healer, the shaman. Yes, yes, I love he, that scene. Heartbreaking. He, he was he's orig- He was in the original village 
that this outbreak happened. He is the real From deal. From 89? Yes. Oh, wow. He is, uh, actually, further than that, I think late 70s, when, uh, when the original, when the flashbacks happened. So oh, he is, he is from that absolutely from that area where where it all kicked off, and he was the most beautiful man, fluent in I can't tell you how many languages English, French, uh, obviously two or three languages from the Congo, an educated man, and a, never acted before. He was terrific, he, phenomenal, phenomenal man, really really sweet. Wow, man. what a fu- how did they find him? I'm not too sure. I think one of the one of the technical guys. Uh, uh, that I may have been associated with the production and the production design. I think he he hunted the guy down. He was from from the Congo. So this is this is what I loved about Nat Geo that they were trying to get this as as technically uh, f- and factually correct as they possibly could to the extent that they brought this guy. You know, uh, who's you know originally from Congo, this older man, and he was sometimes uh, sometimes the best work he can do is working with people who've never done it before. Because uh, they, they don't have any bad habits. They're they're fresh, and it's a wonderful thing. It was. Be- I'm blown away. I had no idea he hadn't acted before. He yeah. seemed like a seasoned pro. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's sickening, isn't it? <laughs> 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 we are breaking our back trying to look good over the years, and the guy walks in and knocks it out of the park. I love it. You knocked it out of the park as well. Well, I try it. They made me look good. The editors and the music people and the writers. I know. Could you imagine walking around life with like an orchestra? I always thought that. Like if I had one choice of like a movie bit, I'd leave everything else behind. Just have like a really enthusiastic orchestra to like play behind me. Like high notes, sad notes. Yeah, they could could back you up. I'm going out. (laughs) You could have that in the background. A lot of strings and stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. The soundtrack of my life. <laughs> there they are. There's the soundtrack of my life. This hundred piece orchestra walking <laughs> behind me. Perfect. That's a dream. Yeah. Um, and now for everybody that's been listening and wants to see what we're talking about, we actually have an exclusive clip for you from the hot zone. All workers quarantined. We don't have the authority. Oh, nothing ever changes, does it? So we have potential exposure risks walking around D.C. That's what I've been trying to tell them. Okay, we need to find a way to shut that down, get these workers contained. When are we heading out? Now. I just need to talk to Tucker first. You haven't told anyone you've contacted me? They need you. They just don't know it yet. Story of my life. I suppose I should put that in a bit of context. That's the first time she's called him in and he's been avoiding her, deleting her messages and... Because he's been kind of sidelined as a bit of a crank and a kook and whatever, even though he's come across this in Africa. But um, he's kind of lost his shine because uh, uh, he's very passionate about what he does and he's not particularly academic and scientific, even though he's an expert. Uh, so that's she's uh, basically just got a hold of him and, and he's coming along to say, yeah. So she's just uh, rolling it out there and uh, and then decides to tell him that she hasn't told anybody else. So already we're in a bit of drama. Um, well, you but... cause a lot of drama walking in there. <laughs> I do. Well, he's, he's Juliana's mentor from years and years ago, yeah. And what's interesting, too, is that they show you with another character who's your partner in Africa, and you're also at odds with one another. Yes, we're, we're noticing a pattern. Uh, yes, the wonderful James Darcy, who I've worked with a, a number of times he's a great guy uh, yes he is when we meet him in, in the so-called present day in 1989 there's great animosity and through the flashbacks we we uh, find out why 
Do you know, I watched the flashbacks and I was on your side. I didn't really get why he was angry. Well, no, you do, well there's a reason for that. Um, if you look at what my character actually does, it's like so against what the done thing is. And True. especially with the faith healer and all that. So um, for them that are sticklers to um, systems and the way to do things and procedure and all that. And, uh, and oh, basically overrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and undramatic. <laughs> so uh, so he's 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 a bit he's a bit of a the, as they say in the old action movie things, he's a bit of a loose cannon. Yes, you are. But that's what makes the show so delightful. Yeah. Well, delightful wouldn't be a word that I'd use. But uh, yeah, but uh, but it's an it's an incredibly interesting story. And it's not often you get to do kind of a a thing that's that was based 40 years ago. And at the same time, it's never been more timely. And that's kind of the interesting thing with it as well. Um, And now working with National Geographic, did you guys have uh, like scientists and stuff on hand as well? I know that this is on the theatrical side, but I'm just wondering because they have such an extensive team. Yeah, well, they they do. I mean, you have to remember that this kind of the Center for Disease Control and and chasing down emerging diseases and all that is very specialized. So they obviously had Richard's book. They've and they talked to people. And Juliana had met Nancy Jacks as well. Um. You're tre- you're kind of treading a fine line. The scientific world, by its very nature, has to be almost, almost has to be boring. In other words, mm. it has to do with experiments and test tubes and petri dishes and let's re 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 look at our our systems and how we did things. And so it's not the most, it, and it shouldn't be the most interesting thing on the planet. It's procedural and everything else. But what we have to do when you when you're trying to get this story across, we have to make it dramatic. Otherwise, people just yawn and switch off. So you're treading a fine line between getting this drama out and at the same time being true to the, the to the events that actually happened at the time. So so what you try and do, you try and do it with honor, uh, without trying to fool anybody or patronize them or, or be condescending. So you so you um, so that's what you try and do, uh, and. Um, and you have to be able to to defend it, and and have to be able to tell us tell a story, you know. So so those things are incredibly important. To um, that's where our kind of responsibility lies, I suppose. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and now for people who tune in who want to get into acting or are interested in it, um, I know this is a question, time old question. Everybody always asks it, but what advice would you give to like nascent actors who are looking to get in and want to get their foot in the door? Because you also direct. Yeah, I've done a bit. Of, I've done a bit. Of, well, I directed TV a number of years ago. I did that for about four, four years or so. Um, and I loved it. I loved the directing thing. You get to play with all of the toys. Um, and it also helped me as an actor. I just, I, I, I loved the whole thing with editing and putting music on. And, uh, and I learned more how to use... Uh, you know, for a long time, I, I rode on my instincts, and if I if I deliver the truth of a scene, that that that's enough. Uh, and it, but it is, in a sense, it is enough. But when you realise that part of your toolkit is the, your actor personal toolkit is the camera, uh, and you can use that, and uh, excuse me, <clears throat> in a lot of ways to um, to assist you. Uh, in, with your performance, could you clarify that for people? Could who I clarify? Don't well, th- well, you have to remember. Okay, for in, in a simple terms, if somebody is I'm talking, picturing kids at home who've never had to act opposite a camera <laughs> yeah. and are listening, and they want the advice. Like, well, in the in the very know. best sense, in the very simple sense, I, the, the story of a wide shot. If somebody's talking to you, and you, uh, you, you, 
evidently have to use your whole body because your whole body's in shot. And if you're doing a close-up, it's just your head. Mm -hmm. So you reduce your performance. It doesn't take away from the intensity of what you're doing or the truth of what you're doing. But uh, if, for instance, if we were if we were doing a scene here and the audience knows you're lying and you're about to tell this lie to me, then we're not going to go back to a big wide shot of you telling this lie. We want to see what's on your face. That's that's where our our interest is going to be. We want to see your eyes as you're telling the lie. Is it hurting you to tell the lie? Is it? Are you happy to be doing it? Are you playing with the pe- person opposite? So that close-up thing would be a lot more important than, than the camera being in the fur- furthest corner of the room. It wouldn't have the same intensity. So if you keep in mind uh, and talk to your directors if you're lucky enough to be working uh, and just say, look, where's the shot for this particular... St-? And, and that's what... You, so you have to... You have to include the uh, the position of the camera. The c- position of the camera is a huge part of your performance. There you go. <laughs> and as regards the advice for the up and coming actors, uh, let me give you the the best good news. I didn't start acting until I was twenty nine, so if I can do it, and I was an electrician, I, I'd like to refer to myself as I used to be a real person. Um, <laughs> uh, and at twenty nine, I, I started doing it, and it didn't matter how many people were attempting to stop me. I loved doing it so much that there was just no way they were going to stop me. I loved doing it. I never thought of it as a as a thing for a method of getting food, paying my bills or anything like that. I just, I wanted, I loved the idea of uh, the problem solving, of making something believable, of making it entertaining and, and, and the idea of getting a story across. And everything kind of follows after that. Uh, if you're lucky, I've been doing it. Th- most of your listeners, viewers, whatever you want to call them, are are um, would be you know up to recently, but would have been blissfully unaware of me. Uh, and it's Game of Thrones that's kind of got my name out there. I was having a great time for 25 years of, as a strolling player. I've I've done really varied roles and done all, all sort of things because. I love I love acting. I I kind of have to act. When yeah. actors say to me, "I want to be an actor," and I said, "Let me stop you there." That's exactly the reason not to do it. Yeah. If you have to be an actor, that's that's the only reason to do it. Yeah. It's because it's a stupid idea, a stupid thing to do to be an actor. You will never have job security in your entire no, life. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I've had it for the last five or six years now. My now my accountant is is uh, is going gone into a major depression because Game of Thrones is finished. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a lovely thing, and, I, and it's it, and for an actor, security is not a good thing. Yeah, uh, you kind of, as my mother used to say, hunger, it makes you complacent. I think it makes right? you comfortable. Yeah, which makes you complacent. Yeah, I but my like mother used to say, hunger, hunger is a great sauce. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that, Liam. It's a great. You can good have one. that. I'm going to take it. Hunger is a great sauce. Yeah. You can say it like menacing. You yeah, say you can funny. do anything. You can it's be frightening. filthy with it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now also for directing, you mentioned that you did some TV directing in the past and you loved yes. it. Yes. Would you ever return to it? I may do. I may have set. Oh God! I may have set the wheels in motion to direct, direct something. I'm so excited. Well, I can't go into it yet because we haven't secured anything yet. But uh, so it would be unfair. But I'm aiming to do that again. I'm sending all the positive fairies. Oh, along please the path. do send posit- positivity. It's is useful. Um, Carry it again, around. The, 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 all the, all the <laughs> put those put those lucky leprechauns in my pockets. All of them. Um, there, there's a portion of me doesn't want to do it. Why? Because of the amount of work involved, the amount of commitment involved, oh, the amount of oh my god! Oh no, guys, I know the he words. has to work. <laughs> oh. 
I know, but acting is great because you just pop in and everybody thinks you're wonderful and you disappear and the poor crew is there every night freezing to death <laughs> and are paid less and everything. It's such, such wrong. It's so wrong. But, uh, but the amount of commitment involved when you're directing something and when you're trying to get something off the ground. Uh, which may never happen. Which may it, there's a huge amount of workload involved, and it's it's again it's one of those ones that the story I just kind of went. I don't want anybody else to do that. I think I know what it needs. Oh God, I'm going to have to do it. It's your so story. It's well, it's not my story, but uh, that, no, but I mean, uh, oh, yeah, when it speaks to you that yeah, way, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. your yes, story. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there is a bit of that, but yeah, but I, and I know. Listen, it's not that that I'm. Complacent about it because once it, 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 what I'm worried about it is that once I say that once I it gets going, I, I'm going to be like a dog with a bone. I, I'm, I'm going to have to stick with it, and it's going to destroy me probably in all sorts. But uh, but the best kind of destruction. So dramatically, no, the yeah. best kind of destruction. Uh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's it is the best kind of it, and and I want to. I consider myself a storyteller. So now, if you do direct this and yeah. it comes to fruition, which knock on wood, it will. Yeah. Will you also be in it? Or are you going to I, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't decided that front yet. Again, I'm thinking of workload. Um, if I, if I am work. in it, if yeah, a lot more work. <laughs> uh, if I do decide to be in it, it'll be, um, it'll be because it's unavoidable, not because I'm trying to put myself in it. So we'll see. Yeah, well, yes, you made it very clear. Minimal workload. Yes, I'm trying to get a <laughs> minimum amount of work. Yeah. Um, and aside from Nat Geo, you also have a movie coming out. Uh, no, not coming out. I'm about to start. Oh. Or maybe I do have a movie IMDb coming out. lied to me. What, which one is it? It said it was filmed already. Way Down. Is this the yeah, Way Down? Yeah, yeah, No, no. I start, they've already started filming. That's in Madrid. I I run from this gorgeous city uh, on Friday, land in Dublin on Saturday where I live. Uh, I get a whole day with my family and watch the penultimate episode of that thing I might be in as well. Uh, <laughs> and then Monday I fly to uh, Madrid. So... I'm doing a bank heist movie in, 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 starting on Wednesday. Oh, well, that's a romp. Oh, we love the bank heist movie. How can you not love it? It's great. So what is this character? This is so fun. You're getting to play so many different characters. Yeah. You've got like a Hemingway-ish type grumpy man <laughs> in the hot zone. Yeah. Although, I guess Sir Davos is kind of a Hemingway-ish type grumpy man. Yeah. Well, he's he not that grumpy. He's very, very positive kind of a character. He's a very lovely, lovely man. Uh, but the he movie was really lovely with Shireen. I don't know about. Oh yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't grumpy. I wasn't grumpy with no, Shireen. No, that's what I'm saying. Is you weren't grumpy with yeah. her. She taught you to read. She did. God bless her. Congratulations, by the way. It was great to see you learn to read on screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tricky to do when you know how to read, and then you're trying to pretend you don't know how to read. It's kind of it's it's it messes with your head when you're acting that stuff. Oh, interesting. I never even thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's weird. It's very strange. Well, so back to the hot zone. So oh, yeah. then you played, um, you know, your current character. Yes. And now for a bank heist, what type of character? Are you a villain? Like, yeah, Well, technically I'm a villain, but I, you can never think you're playing a villain uh, when you're playing a villain. Yeah, Is there yeah. a dragon? <laughs> no, no, it's sort of modern-ish day Spain. I'm the mastermind of the gang uh, okay, who, are, cool. who are stealing the, the Bank of Spain. Uh, so a bit Ocean's Eleven. Well, it, it was a bank heist, but then you could say Ocean's Eleven is like how to steal a diamond in four easy lessons. And there's always been bank heist movies um, or heist movies. Uh, Freddie Highmore. Do you know the lovely Freddie Highmore, mm-hmm. Good Doctor? And I don't Bates know him Motel. personally, but yes. Um, yeah, he's he's the, the kind of main man in it. We've okay. Famke Janssen and Sam Riley and, uh, and, a, and a director from Barcelona. So um, we're looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. They're already up and running. Those are going to be gorgeous locations. Are you excited? Have you Spain, filmed of out course. in Spain before? Oh, we've filmed. We filmed Game of Thrones in Spain. 
You did? We did, many times. I both ends. in Belfast and stuff. 80% of it in Belfast, but we do Croatia, Iceland and Spain as well. As well as, what was it, Malta and North Africa in the earlier seasons. They, yeah, all over. All Very over. cool. You guys we have get, gotten get to around. around the world. What was your favorite place to film on Game of Thrones, location-wise? Ooh, location-wise. Well, the... Do you remember the big meetup with all the, the main players on that stage? Oh, yeah. Yeah, last season. Yeah, absolutely. It was epic. Dragons. Yeah, all that. Yes, when they were climbing down and uh-huh. she hopped off, you're late. All that stuff, yeah. That is a place called uh, Italica, which is the second biggest Roman Colosseum outside the one in Rome. So where we were filming, that was real. It wasn't yeah. CGI. No, no. Some of the tops, the tops were just they they extended what was there. But, oh, they but didn't put that in the talk back. No, did they not? Well, no. they should have. Uh, yes, the, it was embellished by CGI, but it, but it, that is real. Where we were oh. acting, thousands of people died. Well, that's depressing. It's you just went de- from making it seem grand and amazing to yeah. like really depressing. Sorry about that. It's okay. My story Hemingway. Of my life. <laughs> it's Heming it's Hemingway esque. Is that a word? Yeah, you Hemingway is a verb. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, and so now after you've worked on this, how do you feel affected for the hot zone, like learning about did you know about Ebola before you came on? Like did were you familiar with its like history or Yeah, I was a bit uh well I used to I used to live in Africa. So um You did? I lived there for three and a half years. Yeah, when in in the eighties, in the middle before you were born. Darling. I was born in the eighties. Oh, don't lie. Late nineties, I would have said. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I lived there for three and a half years. When I, as I said, I used to be a real person. I used to do rural, high voltage electrification and stuff like that. That makes it sound like you were electrocuting people. Uh, I, I nearly electrocuted myself a couple of times, but that's, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Maybe that's why you left. It probably was self-preservation. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and I also do a lot of work with refugees and stuff. So okay. um, so I've, I've been to Uganda and South Sudan, the world's youngest country. Who do you work with for the refugees? Uh, over here, I used to do a bit with the uh, IRC, the um, International Rescue Committee, um, which was started by Einstein. Um, I didn't know that either. I'm just learning so much from you today. There you go. I'm a mentor. I can't help it. Uh, And uh, the the people I work with now, wonderful people at World Vision, which are one of the biggest, and they're American. They're wonderful, wonderful people. And I've I've been to uh, Jordan uh, to um, uh, advocate on behalf of the Syrian refugees. And I've done, that's the South Sudan and not Uganda. So I I continue to work for them. Uh, Hence, I know about the Ebola the thing, all that, because I, um, it's a scary time in um, in in the life of Africa, as they say. So, man, yes. Africa has a lot on its hand. Yes, yeah, so it always does. It always does. And the diseases, it's it's yeah. difficult. It's very tricky. Very tricky. When you got this script, yes. what was it that was besides your wife and daughter telling you you had no choice? Because <laughs> that was, of a, that was a part of it, definitely. Yeah. Um, what was it that drew you to the character and to the story? It's an extraordinary story, and it's 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 you know the, the uh, when you're reading on one hand the, the this Ebola outbreak, which is on you know page seven of your newspaper, when when this is a a, 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 a possible pandemic that could wipe the entire species out, uh, and we're being rather complacent about it when it's when it's a plane ride away from um, from hitting us in the face. And the evidence is this story where this particular 
less lethal uh, form of Ebola was unleashed 10 miles from the White House, as I said. So um, for us to try and attempt in our own small way to, to kick this story from page seven to... The front page. If possible, uh, especially with what's going on there, I think is at least a civic duty. And and uh, I always thought artists have a certain responsibility to hold a mirror up to society. So, uh, and, in a, in a, uh, and I don't mean that from a holier-than-thou position. I think uh, no, we, we need to do that. No, art has always been a mirror. In, yeah, but we need to do that in an entertaining form. We're storytellers, so we told it in the form of this story. That's very well done. That's very, very kind of you. I'm telling you, I binged the whole thing. I couldn't stop. It was like That's 4 a.m. Cool. and my eyes burned and I was like, I can <laughs> I can still do it. That's great. Well, we can't ask for a higher praise than that. That's brilliant. No, it was really great. Um, so we know that you possibly might be directing. You possibly, possibly. Po- very early days, very early very days. Very early days. And yeah. then you're filming. How long do you anticipate filming in Europe for? Uh, till probably around the end of June. Okay. So, yeah. Will you only be in one location in Spain or do you think? Uh, it, it, the whole thing takes place around Madrid. So I think the whole lot is it should be there. And I, I've... As I said, I filmed in northern Spain and Bilbao, and uh, which is beautiful, and and Seville, southern Spain, and and I used to holiday with my family in Andalusia, and close to North African um, um, continent. Um, so I, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of Spain and their food and their and their dancing and all Thank sorts. You. They're a wonderful, wonderful Spanish, people. Spanish, so I'm. Just is that right? Yeah, I'm Spanish oh. and Italian, so I'll just cool. take it. All the good food. Oh, the and food the is unbelievable. And the beaches are unbelievable. <laughs> the food is stunning, man. It's just the best. Um, so, also, you're also a theatre actor. Yes, for many years, yeah. Will you be doing any more theatre? Are people going to be I able should to catch do. you in the UK? No, I sh- you know what? As I like to say, I stopped doing theatre because my kids got used to wearing shoes. Um, what does that mean? It means you don't get paid. You can't afford to buy your kids' oh, shoes. Oh, yeah, no. Theatre does not pay. No, it doesn't. And, it's lo- and I've, do- I've done some serious... I was a year and a half at the Royal Shakespeare Company in England and... I've done the Irish National Theatre and uh, and all sorts. I've I've done theatre everywhere, and that's and and I'm thoroughly guilty about not doing it because the gym is for an actor is theatre. You know, you're kind of with film and TV. A lot of the time, you can be uh, putting out fires. You're just you know you're juggling to mm-hmm. try and get things done. It's kind of damage limitation in a way. And then when you're doing theatre, you kind of feeding the soul you know it's uh it's you're very also important. still putting out fires especially if your partner forgets an entire page and oh, you're like why are we picking oh, up happened, on page 25 yeah that always happens that always and then happens. it's the improv game as yeah, you put the fire out yes with the with the ever widening excuse me ever widening eyes yeah <laughs> of fear oh yeah yeah i draw it i draw it on stage in stratford at the royal shakespeare company and i couldn't uh i could not remember what was coming next and then i compounded the problem by trying to improvise Shakespeare on stage <laughs> with my leading lady. I uh, wish that was taped. Oh God, I'm sure it's, there's a, probably a record of it somewhere that was just horrific. Improving day. iambic pentameter. I'd pay to see that. Oh no, no, you wouldn't have paid to see this, I tell you. You'd be looking for your money back. Popcorn. Just sit there with the, like, oh, this is getting bad. This is getting so yeah, good. The silence is marvellous, isn't it? <laughs> Shakespearean silence. The dramatic pause does not work. Which play was it? Do you remember? Of As course you, you like remember. It, yeah. As was, you like it. Yeah, that was Orlando. Yeah. What was your first play that you did with the Royal Shakespeare Company? That's the one. That's, that's what. Oh, that's what they brought me up for that season. And they brought you back. <laughs> they, they haven't asked me back. They 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 they, t- they blocked me. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I did no. I did a year and a half, and I did uh, in in Stratford, and then down to the Barbican in London. It was a wonderful time. The, the, I did another play there, which is the reason I went, 
called The Herbal Bed, which is a, a remarkable, beautiful piece of uh, writing. So, yeah, yeah, the As You Like It thing was rather mediocre. I'd rather see something appalling than than. I can I can live with appalling. You just and made great. it sound like it was appalling. So no, it wasn't it appalling. It was fantastic. mediocre, uh, which is worse as far I'm as I'm sure concerned. it wasn't as bad as you're saying it is. Well, possibly not. I, d- I doubt it. But, they uh, kept you. They, oh, they did. They did. Yeah. They kept you. No, it's not me. I was marvelous. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so, is there a play or um, a character that you haven't done yet in theater that you would like to do? No. Uh, not really. I'm not. I, it's kind of weird. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really drawn to. Uh, oh, it's my turn to play such and such, and you know, there's. I, I. To be honest with you, I'd prefer to do a new play than a than a than an old one, an older one. Um, I just think it's you just get some lazy criticism where they're just comparing it to the last four productions that they saw, and and I also complain about some directors who are doing older Shakespearean plays and want to want to move Macbeth up to. Al Capone, Chicago time, and and I think why so Shakespeare didn't write them well enough, uh, so we have to we have to put an, another veneer on it to, to give us your interpretation. Slightly arrogant, I find that. Do it like it's supposed to be done. If you have to, I, I'm happy enough to make a couple of cuts along the way to make things make the storyline a little a little clearer because you know Shakespeare wrote in Shakespearean times, 16th century, 15th. It can drag 16, sometimes. Yeah, it can drag. It can drag. Keep it moving along. There's nothing worse than losing an audience. Especially in theatre, it's difficult enough to get an audience in to see shows. You do not have the right to bore them once you've had once you've taken their money off them. No, I feel like that's something that people should get warned about for theatre because uh, when I first saw Shakespeare, yeah. as a, I grew up in New York City, I saw it properly, like yeah. set in the times that it was, and then I was in I don't remember maybe Chicago or something, and I saw a Shakespearean production. Yeah. And it was set in like gangster times, like the 1920s. And I was so appalled. I never got into the story because I couldn't get over the time period. Yeah, I know. It's rotten. I don't, I have no time for that. It's arrogance. I find it's arrogance. But I feel like they should warn people. Yeah. Because also, think of the people who are seeing it for the first time who've also never read the play and they have no idea that this isn't the play. Yeah, I know. I know. Do do it. You know, maybe there's certain circumstances where it might work, but. But to you know, I will to, say I did like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I've never saw it. The the, the DiCaprio thing wasn't it? Leo, yeah. Leo, I haven't seen it. John Leguizamo is a revelation. Yeah, yeah, he's so great. Yeah, maybe I should look at that. Maybe maybe I'll be converted. To it's it. it's a fun. Fi- Here's the thing: is yeah. I appreciate it in film. Yeah. Um, not so much in theater. I know, I know, and the wonderful thing that's again, I I don't know, maybe it's just me, but you know the way they're they're. Uh, projecting live theatre in, into cinema screens now. They no. do. They do it in England, and they do it, certainly do it. Yeah, they 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 will have a live performance, and then they will digitally. You know, they, like um, no theatre isn't meant to be seen on a TV screen. Just absolutely, like the that's ballet. exactly my I, exactly. It's no. Yeah, that one thing that theatre has going for it is the fact that you're in the room with these people it's, when it's happening. You just, it's so small yeah. that seeing it on a stage doesn't convey the performances because yeah. it's like just watching a movie in a wide angle lens. Yes. Yes. It's not good. No. It makes it look mediocre. Yeah. 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 I've got, I've got problems, problems philosophically with that. So you won't be doing a taped theater performance? No, no. Once it's gone, it's gone. It should be ethereal. Do you think you would do a comedy? I've done lots of comedies. Uh, well, I mean, you mean th- oh, theater comedy? I'd love to. I've done theater comedies back in Dublin. I started mainly doing comedy. With, did you? Yeah, yeah. And did I've you ever a, do stand up? 
No, no, I'd love to do stand-up, but I, oh I don't gosh. have I don't have the cojones for stand-up. I'd ever, love to. If you ever get up the cojones, yeah. let us know. I want to see that. No, I'm not sure you do. It could be hilarious. It could be appalling. That I'd would lo- also make it hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I would love to do it. Um, great. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's a, it's a joy. It's a pleasure talking to you. It was great. I hope you guys all tune in for The Hot Zone on May 27th. It's going to be airing over three nights. It is a limited series of six episodes. And Liam, where can your adoring fans find you? Oh, where can they find me? Oh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm really not worth following. That's not true. Follow him. I'm sure he's awesome. You guys can find (laughs) me on Instagram at lenabean113. And thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Spotlight On. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only. do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 